Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. Joining me on the phone all the way from Germany this time, it is Doro. We love having Doro on. In fact, uh, uh, Sir Alan, bonjour, Monsieur Alain. How are you again today? I, I'm fine. Um, yes. This is our second time with Doro. Yeah, this is our second time with Doro. In the last six months. And I'm trying to make the most of uh, uh, deciding what constitutes a holiday anymore is it just one more day in the covid box um but you know present holiday minimal drama i like that uh it's it's one of those things uh, we we yeah i can't differentiate anymore uh, it's all it's all the same I, I i know that when we used to have christmas and i used to have like two weeks off i would sit at home and do absolutely nothing for two weeks and look forward to it but now uh, I haven't taken any time off, and I'm doing the exact same thing I've done for the last since March. So I get up and I go to the computer and I do a show. <laughs> so it just yeah, it doesn't end, but that's okay. Uh, speaking of show, uh, Doro. Now, uh, last time she was doing the um, what do you call them? Not the parking lot concerts, the uh, drive-in concerts, is what we call them. And we talked about that, and, and of course, she's got a whole bunch of new stuff uh, that she's talking about in this interview. But uh, in the meantime, and I've said this for the last 87 episodes gone down the Michael Schenker rabbit hole, which includes UFO and so on and so forth. And her drummer, Johnny D, who I've always known as Johnny D from Britney Fox, actually is Johnny D from Wasted, which had, of course, uh, Paul Chapman and uh, Pete Way of, of UFO in the band. He was their drummer on the Wasted Save Your Prayers album, which came out a couple of years before Britney Fox's first album. So... That was an interesting revelation because, uh, well, how can I put this? Uh, it's it, it's 2020 or it's 2021 now, but it's 2020, and it's the first time I actually figured that out that Johnny, uh, and well, he was using his full name, Johnny Tadidero or whatever, uh, was the uh, the drummer for Wasted. Uh, were you a fan of that band? And, and then I'll tell you the Canadian perspective. But did did you like Wasted? Were they? Uh, a cool follow-up for UFO, or were they just a, a, an embarrassing offshoot? I wouldn't say an embarrassing offshoot, but what I would say is that I think still to this day that UFO made a sublime rock and roll record of great taste and playing, and you know, listening to. Listening to that album today sounds as good as it was in the years. So I don't, I didn't anticipate or expect Wasted to rise to that level. And of course, you know the name Wasted. I mean, you know, how many times do I have to look at one of my singers? And I'm sure you know the one I think I'm thinking about. And just give him a hairy eyeball, and he'd look back at me and go, "Wasted, dude." Yeah, well, you know, it it, it was a. An interesting band, and, and and I didn't really know the band. Now, they have this album that came out that Johnny played, and like I said, Save Your Prayers, that had Danny Vaughn of uh, Taiketo and Vaughn singing on it, and it brought the band more into, so that, in, into, into that sort of cotton candy kind of, of of flavor rather than what they had. I think the guy's name before that was Finn, if I'm not mistaken. That Was that his name? I think so. Um, it was an interesting uh, change, but... You know, in Canada, 
with all the Canadian content rules, we never really got a lot of Wasted and Britney Fox and all these bands on our TV because whenever uh, we got through the Def Leppards and the Bon Jovis and the Madonnas and, and U2s, um, our our stations would throw Honeymoon Suite and Platinum Blonde and Gowan and, and all Luba and all these other bands at us. So so a lot of these sort of second tier or third tier bands, we I never got to know. I you know, uh, but here we are with uh, with Wasted, a great band. Um, speaking of of a band with with a new singer. I picked up, and you're going to love this, I picked up the Great White Live uh, album from uh, 2020. It is a, a CD-DVD set. It is an entire concert from Kentucky, uh, which is 10 songs. And it's got uh, Mitch uh, Malloy singing on it. And and I have to say, it's it's Okay. I I I don't I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's 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 okay, you know. Mark Kendall, man, you hear his guitar playing, and you sort of forget the rest. And I mean that in a in a constructive way, not in a in a bitchy way. But you you hear Mark playing, you just go, man, eh, the world's okay. You know, Mitch Malloy. All we need is just more mediocre karaoke. I'm sorry, I can't buy into it. I don't. I don't connect to it. Um, you've got to remember that <clears throat> they're performing songs that um, I'm the co-writer on on them, and he does not have the presence or the voice or the chops of the person I was writing with and for. So, you know, yeah. no, I'm not going to go to Amazon and buy it. <laughs> Well, <laughs> quite frankly, I could give a damn. Yeah, it's not it's not available anywhere except on their website. And and you know what? All our discussions about the bands over the years, I think, is is probably why uh, Mark and Audi and uh, the band have blocked me on Twitter because we used to be great friends, and then we started talking about them with Mitch, and suddenly I got banned by all of them. So, oops. But you know, listen, the truth always hurts. I know. L- 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 I mean. I wanted to sit here and say that it was the worst thing I've ever heard. It's not. It's not. It's 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 not great white, and it's not Jack. I mean, there's nobody's like Jack, but it's it's okay. If you want a number on ten, like five, six, you know, it's it's com- it's competent. Let's call it that. It's, it's competent. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> now they'll block me on Facebook too. <laughs> oh my lord! Uh, apologies You're to all the great. Yeah, apologies to all the great white fans. Uh, let us get over to uh, somebody we love, uh, the one and only. Here is Doro. We are speaking with the one and only uh, Doro. The new uh, deluxe edition box set package is called a Magic Diamonds Best of Rock Ballads and Rare Treasures, and I have to say. The package looks phenomenal. I'm actually on Amazon.com looking at the package and at the uh, the track listing. I mean, three CDs. Uh, the yep. first one is the best of rock, then the best of ballads, and then, of course, uh, the rarities. Um, before before we get started, as we say in Montreal, bonjour, of course. Welcome. How are you? <laughs> Hey, very good, very good. Nice to talk to you again. We yes, uh, the last time we we, sp- we spoke about the uh, drive-in shows. In fact, let me just quickly yeah. ask you about that. You did the drive-in shows uh, this summer with COVID. Yeah. I know, I think one of them had to be postponed or pushed back. But 
overall, looking back, how was the experience for you? Was it was it weird with people honking at you instead of clapping? Was it strange to not <laughs> see faces? Or was it like, hey, best of oh, a bad situation? Which I tell you, everything and anything is better than doing nothing. So we were all really happy. Like, you know, it, it was a it was a different vibe. It was a totally new animal, but it was great fun. I think the fans had fun. We had something to do. We were really happy that we could do it. And and from each and every show, we learned so much more. So I think I'm in better shape than ever because it was so demanding on the body. You had to jump around like 10 times more because you have to, you know, you have to make up for the distance or for, for everything when people have to sit in their cars. So it was, it was great. It was great. And we had so many more phone calls of people who said, yeah, we own a drive-in thing. You guys want to play? We said, yes. Yeah. So we did some uh, um, streaming. Some streams were for free. Some streams were for the Bakken Worldwide. So, so many things you know came up and it was a great challenge it looked always like the all we are video it was so funny we hopped on stage and then you know seeing only cars and sometimes here and there somebody crawled out of the car but uh, every show was different sometimes regulations were very strict and sometimes they weren't so strict so i could go into the audience with a mask on so that was the first time for me singing with a mask on but it worked it you know no problem I think people could hear me. It was, it was, it was great. It was great, but it's not like a normal show, so it's not like a normal festival. But it was, it was great. I would, I would definitely want to do it again. We hope that everything gets back to normal next year. But if not, I'm totally up for, for more challenges and adventures. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard one because uh, I know one of the European bands that I really love, Gothard, they've already canceled mm -hmm. all their January 2021 dates. And it's like, yeah. uh-oh, here we go again. Oh, yeah, and and yeah, it's yeah. just like, uh-oh. I mean, I know in Quebec, where I am in Montreal, we're in a yeah. red zone. Everything is going off the charts again. Where you are in Europe, and I'm assuming in Germany, are, are, are yeah. you getting a sense of it's coming back? Like, do you think it, there will be a whacking next year or is it like, hopeful thinking man i i man we all hope for the best but i don't know like we started uh yeah actually we postponed everything for april next year and that doesn't look so good and now i'm i'm actually stuck in germany and we have a lockdown today is the first day of a total lockdown and that's the second lockdown nobody would you know even think of like that it would come back in April we had a lockdown but now it's the second one it's really strict and all the other countries they're closed so I cannot even see my band like Luca is in Italy Nick in America um, Bas and Harry in the Netherlands the only one I could see is actually Johnny he is like he lives a couple of hours from me and I'm yeah I'm stuck in Germany right now so I don't know I hope for the best but it doesn't look so good. And yeah, the numbers are so high. A couple of weeks ago, it was all pretty good, pretty good. And now last four weeks, it's, it's, it's astronomical. And yeah, so, so we hope. It's going in I the wrong know, direction. Man. And, and by the no. way, we, we got to talk about Johnny real quick. Uh, yes. I, I never really paid attention to the fact that he was the drummer in Wasted for a little bit. I always knew him as Brittany yeah. Fox. And I, I have been, 
going down the wasted uh, rabbit hole these days. That stuff is spectacular. So yes, you've got a true yes. superstar in your band right there. Yeah, totally, Mitch. And Johnny, he's the coolest guy. He's a phenomenal drummer. He's the sweetest person. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he has the best sense of humor. Sometimes we are on the floor laughing because he's, he's great. He's a great guy and very very understanding. He has a very nice way and like dealing with people. So sometimes he's our tour manager when we toured in the States or Canada. And and he drove even the bus. So he was like, yeah, he, he did everything. Tour managing, playing, <laughs> I know. driving. I think the next time you play in North America, it should say Doro featuring Johnny D of Wasted. That that should be the new band <laughs> yes. title. Yes, oh, that would make let, him happy. <laughs> <laughs> it would make him thrilled. Uh, but let's 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 get into into the, the 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 CD here. This this triple package. First of all, just an incredible package. Um, CD one, of course, is the rock stuff. You you have a lot of collaborations on there, including Pete Steele, including Slash, including Udo. Um, talk to me. Lemmy's on. Yes, of course. Uh, talk to me about some of these collaborations and. Were they just sort of always organic where you were just hanging out with Pete or hanging out with Slash and say, hey, you know what would be really cool? Or is it some of these where, you know, the whole management team has to get involved and management has to talk to the other man? Like how, how, because I always see you as just having sort of buddies and they show up, and yes. you, you know, how, how is it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, my, my very first collaboration was yeah with my best friend. I miss him every day. And it was with Lemmy and actually... I was going through my uh, record collection, you know, I'm a big vinyl lover like you too. And uh, I was reading through my vinyl collection and then I thought, oh, let me check out the Motorhead album. It was no sleep at all. And I pulled it up and then there was a little picture of Lemmy and me inside black and white. And the picture was taken in 1986 when we played in Castle Donington, England, the legendary Monsters of Rock Festival. And I was really quite nervous. And then Lamy came up. He said, are you nervous? And I said, oh, a little bit. There are 80,000 people there. And it's it was like a little bit overwhelming. And then he gave me a hug, a little kiss on my head. He said, Dora, okay, knock him dead. You know, you kill him, you know, do good. And, oh, and I felt like a million bucks. And then I hopped on stage and I really felt... You know, Levy's supporting energy. It was so cool. So that was in 86. And then we always stayed friends. And I, you know, we went on tour together, played many festivals, played in Wacken. Yeah. And then I wrote him a letter in 2000. And I said, hey, Lemmy, we're now label mates. We were at the same, on the same label. It was SPV at the time. It was in 2000. And then he called me back and he said, Doro, I got your letter. Let's do something. And, you know, and then I flew to LA and we did two songs together alone again which was an acoustic um, guitar song let me play great guitar nobody really knows that but he was great and then I said oh shall we do Love Me Forever as well an old modern classic said yes let's do it and then we went into the studio of Bob Kulik who actually died a couple of months ago we were yeah. friends too yeah, yeah like oh. always always Bob, Bob and, was yeah, incredible you know for before yeah, he died yeah. Uh, he he would phone me every night at 11 p.m. for <laughs> probably the last four four or five months, and uh, oh. an incredible loss to anyway. But uh, yes, yes. 
the sweetest guy and, and, and a phenomenal guitar player. What a great guitar yes. player. No? Let me ask you no. this quickly about Lemmy and Motorhead, because on November 8th, 1980, so 40 years ago, Ace of Spades came out, and I just interviewed Phil, and I just yes. interviewed uh, Mickey. What did that album mean for you? Because you're in the scene, there's Warlock, there's this, there's all kinds of stuff. And as a fan and as a person, you hear Ace of Spades for the first time. What was that moment like where you just went, wow, okay, that's a game changer? It totally, totally. I had my first band. It wasn't Warlock. It was um, called Snakebite. It was 1980. I even seen that on TV. They were on like on a big TV show. And they were all like very conservative people standing around. It was live. And. Man, it was mind-blowing, and I loved it. I loved every song on the Ace of Spades album and, and Lemmy and, of course, Phil. I've, I've never met um, Fast Eddie Clark, but I, I, I loved him and, and Filthy Animal Taylor. And, boy, I, it was definitely a game-changer, and I was heavily inspired by, yeah, by that Motorhead lineup. Yeah, and then meeting Lemmy a little, yeah, I think three years later, there was awesome but yeah ace of space was great and i just uh, had the great uh, chance to do a song of the ace of space album on the album of dave ellison and uh, we covered love me like a reptile and many great musicians are playing on there and tom hazard is singing i'm singing and love me like a reptile that was my second favorite song so so that was like yeah we had no idea that it all was connected, but then when I heard Ace of Spades 40th anniversary, I thought, yeah, man, how cool is that? We just covered Love Me Like a Reptile, the second song on the Ace of Spades album. Yeah. And yeah, but I, I, yeah, I love that album. Oh, God. And Ace of Spades, it's my favorite song. I guess my favorite song of all times. So it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, have you ever covered Ace of Spades? I don't remember. I don't think so. Have you? Uh, no, but uh, Love Me Like a Reptile, that's the second song. But, that's, on but that one you've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one I've done now on this album. Uh, yeah, it's called No Cover of Dave Ellison's album, the uh, bass player of Megadeth. He just put out an album. I don't know if you've seen it. but uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's called uh, No Cover, I believe. Yes, yeah. yes, No Cover. And I sing on Love Me Like a Reptile and Sheer Heart Attack from you know, queen, queen and and many, many great musicians were like playing on it, singing on it. It was such a joy. But yeah. uh, and they've been yeah, out they've been out doing shows recently actually. I saw that uh, uh a couple of weeks ago they were they were out doing a show somewhere like in the middle of Iowa or something. It's like, oh here we wow. go. <laughs> um Wow, uh, whatever's possible no, in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, and I want to get off the whole COVID thing and talk about the album, but it's a strange period because, you know, a lot of the, the bands that will play bars may not have any place to play because, you know, they, they're saying that eight out of ten bars are going to close. And yeah. then the, the more popular bands that play arenas or stadiums, you know, your Guns N' Roses and your Kiss and your Judas, they might have no place to play because a lot of the governments might yeah. say, you're not having 18,000 people in a building. That's not... So it's like, well, who gets to play and where? So it, it's, you know, the, yeah. the smaller bands won't have a place to play and the bigger bands won't be allowed to play. So it's like, wow, what do we do? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we just got our last show canceled. It was actually uh, in December in Cologne. It's a big arena, 22,000 people fit in that arena. And they just, they just, the government said, okay, 
maximum 250 people can go in. And today they said a total lockdown. So it's like, it's impossible. I tell you, I think it's really rough for everybody, for fans and crew and, you know, all these technicians. It's like, it's it's a nightmare. And we thought it, it would be over soon, but yeah, man, it's... Listen, in it, March, when they, they... In March, they shut down Quebec. They said, oh, we're shutting down Quebec for two weeks. And we went, oh, okay, we're on vacation for two weeks. Right, right. And, and, and here we are, you know, six months later, and we're still talking. And it's just like, oh, what happened to two weeks? What, what you know... Yes, yes, uh, yes. It's, but yeah. so let me, let me actually, let me stay on this for a second. What does that mean for you in terms of streaming? I, I mean, I know you've done it. You've done some that are paid. You've done some that are free. You've done the drive and stuff. We talked about that. Do you see that as a viable model for you moving? Like, could you in 2020 or 2021 just stay in Germany and have one streamed <laughs> concert a month and, and be able to survive as an artist? Or at some point you say, oh, crap, I, I got to think of doing something like like... Where's that fine line? Mitch, I I don't think so. I don't think so. Because even if we want to stream something, but the whole band is all over the world. And if you can't fly and if you can't, you know, can get together, that's hard. We are doing one thing for a radio station. It's a big radio station in Germany. They call it Rock Antenna. I have a show there once a month. And they want to do a streaming show. So everybody's now recording Johnny at his home, you know, like, Bars and Luca and uh, Nick, they are all recording at home. And I go into a studio where where I always like to work. So we are doing it like that. But then we all get together. I guess it's impossible for now. And I like that streaming stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah I know. know. I know. It's, uh, it's, it's difficult. Not, like not forever. <laughs> you know, Gothard did a stream way at the beginning in in march or whatever and the whole band was there and, and it made sense but when you're like your band with one guy in whatever pennsylvania and one in yep. it, it's yep. it, it's difficult like you know um ricky warwick of of the almighty and black star writers yep. um, he does yep. a solo acoustic thing every month and it's great but he's it's a solo acoustic thing it, it's yeah. unless doro does solo acoustic it's 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 difficult yeah and, so. and, and, and then i i I don't have the guys involved, which I'm always, you know, I'm a team player. I, I could do something with acoustic guitar, but then the whole band, they have nothing to do. And I want to, you know, I want to try that we all stay together, that we will all survive together. So so that's not really yeah. an option. Once in a while, maybe for a little thing. But, but yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It, but, anyway, it's going to have to change. Yeah. So let's get back to this album here. So yes, the, yes. the Magic Diamonds, Best of Rock Ballads and, and Rare Treasures. Uh, when I think Doro, I always think high energy show. I've seen you a bunch of times. It's it's always moving around. There's action going on. I always think of, of hard rock. I think of big uh, guitar solos. I think of Nick and Johnny. Of course, the drummer from Wasted. Um, but how do you sort of see yourself? Because there is a balance of rock side and you do have the entire ballad side. Do do you see yourself more uh, of that full artist that that's rock and ballad? Or do you see yourself more as the rock person and you had to do some ballads? Like, how do you sort of see yourself? Do you like that softer side? Do you like the, the you know, make time for love? And I can't even pronounce this, but Tunzen Mal Galeb and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm, my German is perfect. 
Uh, but but how do you see yourself? Do, do you see yourself as a as a, a big ballad type person, or is it just something that you sort of have to do? Mitch, I think when you have a great song, it doesn't matter if it's fast or hardcore or if it's you know totally melodic. And I think from the first record on, from our first record that was called "Burning the Witches," we always had like one or two killer ballads on it. Uh, the Triumph and Agony album, which was my favorite Warlock album, it always had like you know two ballads, like "For Immer," the Deep Inside My Heart, "For Immer." That was like actually the biggest hit, like "All We Are" and "For Immer." That was like yeah, we always played every single show since 1987, since we wrote it. So I think, you know, I, I, I like it intense i like it high energy powerful but i like it super super emotional heartfelt and yeah i love it all like the total extremes from extremely hard to extremely yeah like sensitive and like wow you know to melt away you know when you have a killer ballad which really can touch your heart and soul oh there's nothing like it even playing that live when you see in people's eyes when you know when they start like you know to, to when, almost when you mean when they're not sitting in their out. cars behind their windshields and you can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that's like let that, me let me quickly ask you yeah but but I could even feel that. I could feel the intensity. I could feel the vibe. It was almost like a blind person, but your your senses are stronger when you can't, you know, hear anybody. Your spidey senses it's, tingle like yeah. like Spider-Man. Let me quickly <laughs> ask you. Uh you have of course done Walking the Angel Walking with the Angels, I should say, with uh, yeah. Tarja. Uh she's another phenomenal singer that that's maybe not yeah. as as well known to North American markets, but you know, of course she did what she did. Uh, talk to me in, in terms of her as a singer and and what it's like because you know when you do a ballad and you have a female voice trading off with a male voice that's one thing and when of course you do stuff with Pete Steele and all these other people but what was it like to have her in there and and just sort of have two f- powerful female voices attacking this song together? Yeah, I think it. Uh, um, yeah, Taya was one time the singer of Nightwish. It was very successful and yeah and we became friends and then one time i had this beautiful song walking with the angels and i thought man it calls for another female voice and and at the same time she was thinking of me like doing another song she did and yeah and then we swapped songs i sang on her album and the song was called the seer and then I told her, I have the song Walking with the Angels. I think it's perfect. I sent it to her and she said, oh, I love it. Let's do it. And we sang it live many times too. And it was beautiful because I had a little bit um, heavier voice and she has a more angelic voice. And I think it was, wow, oh, it was perfect fit. So so it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. If a song calls for, for something specific, that's great, you know, and when People get excited about it. Oh, that's, you know, that's awesome. So she's definitely a phenomenal singer, super sweet. I love her. And we played many times together and we know each other for, uh, I guess now, 15 years, maybe even 20 oh, she's years. Great. So. She's mm-hmm. great. She did, um, she did, uh, I'm trying to think what song it was. Um, she did a song with the Scorpions. I think it was the best to yet, yet, yet. Anyway, one of the Scorpion later day songs and, uh, there's a version with just Klaus, and then there's a version with Klaus and her, and mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, I know. She she brings in that that great texture. So let's talk about these rare treasures. Uh, 
Is that something that you want to do moving forward is start going through the archives and start pulling out some of these songs that, you know, were either a B-side or a live version or, or just for whatever reason didn't make an album and just start getting stuff out? Because, you know, when when Eddie Van Halen passed away, the, one of the first things fans were saying were, ooh, I hope some unreleased Van Halen stuff comes out because we want to hear that stuff. So are you yeah. sort of saying, hey, you know what? I, I'm going to start sharing my stuff too. Why not? Yeah, actually, I wanted to, yeah, to record a new album, but because of like, you know, the, the difficult situation, I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm going through my archive and I want to do a best of, and I formed my own label. It's called Rare Diamonds Productions a couple of years ago. And I thought, yeah, let's do a best of. And then I thought maybe I will, I will put my 15 favorite songs on it. And I went through my archives and then it was 15 then 20 then 30 then 40 songs. And then I maxed out the CD capacity and the vinyl capacity, which usually you say on a CD, like 78 minutes, that's a good amount of time. Um, because, you know, everything else, the quality is not good. So 78 minutes and yeah, and I thought, okay, I have like three CDs. So every CD is almost 78 minutes. And then I started with 15, but now it's 56 tracks. And and I tell you, there's still not all the songs on which I want to put on because every song needed attention, like to remix it, to re-record stuff. Some live highlights that were awesome, but maybe there was a feedback or maybe there was a um, guitar out of tune. So So every song... Yeah, it was like okay. So, a lot so of this time. is all remixed yeah. and remastered, then. So this yes, is yes. This is a fresh all coat remixed. of paint. Now, uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. In uh, in 2013, uh, you did uh, you did that one song for me, which we put on the Kiss tribute and and was for cancer. Raised thirty five thousand. Uh, I'm going to say it here. You you can use that only you. You can use that whenever you want and do whatever you want with it. And, Thank uh, you much. And, and by the way, I just I just looked it up. It's uh, Scorpions <laughs> featuring Tarja doing The Good Die Young. It's such a... what? It's, oh. oh, it's brilliant. Klaus and, and, and... By the way, have you ever sung with... with Not that it has anything to do with it, but have you ever mm -hmm. sung with Klaus? Yeah, you did. You did a show yes. in, in Dusseldorf yes. or something, wasn't it? Yes. Actually, um, Klaus came up, uh, yeah, and, and uh, he was part of my 25th anniversary. Yes. It was a big anniversary. Yes. And uh, yeah, and Klaus and Rudolf Schenker came up and we sang um, Big City Nights and Rock Me Like a Hurricane. And it, it was awesome. And yeah, yeah. so we, we did a couple of times, we did something together, but the anniversary, that meant the most to me. It was so awesome. And yeah, and yeah, and yeah. It, it was great. I, I remember, on, on and if CD I'm not mistaken, years in rock. The, the, the versions you did with Klaus and, and stuff are only on the video, but not on CD or yep. something. So you need to fix that because I, I need to have yeah. that. I need to have those. <laughs> You will but, be played. Oh, yeah, we, we will see that we can, yeah, mix it or master it. But, but the DVD is so nice to look at because you see everybody rocking out, having a fantastic time. So I know, yeah. but I can't plug. I can't put it into my iPhone and then plug it into my my car's yeah. Bluetooth. I need I need to plug it into the car the car's blue. But <laughs> in, in terms of, of it. <laughs> in, yeah, I hope so. In terms of the rare treasures, though, what was that like to go back and hear these songs? Because you know. Uh, some of the players have changed. Your voice has changed. You know, we we mature. We we, we 
what was it like to go back and listen to some of this older stuff and, and go, wow, listen to that. I, I need to get this out there for the fans. Oh, let's, um, you know, nothing else matters. Of course, you're doing a Metallica song. Well, what was the experience like for you to go back and listen to these tapes and go, yeah, this has to go on. I got to put this out. I got to fix this. We got to put a fresh coat of paint yeah. on it. I tell you, it was, it was so great to go through all that. I would have never done it if we would be on tour all year round. So it was great. And it was great to, yeah, like, like great memories. For example, what we talked before, like with Lemmy, yeah, in the studio of Bob Kulik. Bob Kulik played on it. Eric Singer played uh, drums on that song, Love Me Forever. And great memories. And Lemmy, he never wanted to sleep. So we spent like two, three weeks in the studio. And then we came out like, four o'clock in the morning and I said okay let me shall I drive you home now he said no no he said just drive me wherever let's go and then I drove him all night and and actually he was singing you know we were like always listening to cds or radio he was singing as loud as he can you know with his white western boots you know like right on the windshield having a cigarette drinking some whiskey. I didn't drink anything because I wanted to be, you know, like I wanted to make sure let me safe. But we were driving every day and every night. And then we went straight back into the studio and was, I think, the best, the best time in my life. And it was awesome. But Lemmy never wanted to sleep and I never seen him sleep ever. It was like unbelievable. So so these great memories Oh man, they're always in my heart. But when I listen to the songs, so many nice memories came back. Egypt, of course, is on there, like the great Ronnie James Dio. We toured many times together. I loved him so much too. So, so yeah, everything like uh, Pete Steele that to add uh, the song is called Descent, and the record was never officially out in the states or in North America. So. I think not many people know that. Maybe the diehard fans, you probably know it. And, you know, like the, the people who have everything and know everything. But I think regular rock fans, they probably don't even know these songs. Uh, now or Never, that's a song where Slash played guitar. And so many, many great memories. And I'm, I'm sure many, many fans will discover so many yeah. nice songs, which we recorded once. But sometimes, you know, we have the set list and we have two hours to play live. And then, some songs they just like they 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 almost get forgotten and then yeah and when you hear them again oh it's so nice and it was a pure joy to do it to do that record there was no pressure because a new record always has so much pressure you want to you know you want to have of course a great record every song should be a killer track but here everything was almost there and you know and then I could just fiddle around, do the best I can. We re-recorded a couple of songs. For example, Love Me in Black. That was another fan favorite and one of my favorite songs. And we recorded it on this one a drive-in show. That's the reason why you don't hear any audience. It is live, but no audience is, is heard. But it has magic. It's really beautiful. And um, that's another, I wouldn't call it ballad, but kind of ballad, which I think, ah, an awesome song. So, And the whole record was called Love Me in Black. It came out in '98, but uh, not in North America. So maybe, maybe people can even, you know, like get something what what they might fall in love with and they never heard before. By the way, I love the fact that "Love Me in Black" is described because I'm looking at a I'm looking at the description now. It's all done with Jimmy Harry, and it's described as an industrial record. I was like. I don't think Doro made an industrial record. I think it's just like a hard, heavy metal kind of record. I'm 
not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure it's industrial, but so so okay. So love me in black is that, and then of course there's beyond the trees. Um, yeah, that's been recorded as well. Mm-hmm. Was, was, is, and, and we'll we'll wrap up on this here. But it, was there has there ever been a thought of you uh, going back and 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 picking out some you know ten or twenty songs and and start re-recording them and making them 2020 versions or 2021 versions. I mean, I know you've done this and we, you did the only you for me in, in 2013, but is that something that interests you to revisit some of the past and start doing that? Or do you really want to focus other than uh, the, this package focus on just, no, I want to make new music. I, I don't want to go back and do for, e- you know, for email. I can't speak German. Let's, let's be, let's, <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. You know, do it yeah, I think I think a new record or like like looking ahead, I think that's more what I want to do. But I found some great demos from you know eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, and eventually I would like to put out a little collection with like only real, yeah, the first demos of my first bands. But I don't even know where these people are anymore. Some gave up music, so I want to first clear rights. But that would be something nice to have some, you know, some old demos, which actually sound great. I don't even know what we did, who did it, but it definitely sounds sounds very nice, songs very nice. So so something like this, I think, for diehard fans would be interesting. But we're recording, yeah, older songs. I don't know. I think, I think, you know, there was always a time for doing that, but I, I definitely want to concentrate on a new record. And we're already working on a new record, so I hope next year something new will come out. And yeah, and hopefully we can tour behind it. But hopefully, um, hopefully, yeah. and yeah, hopefully, and, you know, and hopefully you'll uh, you'll give Tommy Hendrickson a call and start working some of that old Warlock Triumph and Agony yeah. magic, and and of yeah. course, yeah, and of Tommy course. Bowen. Tommy Boyle, my guitar player of the Trump and Agony, he's definitely on board. He will play yeah. something or, you know, some shredding guitar solos, which, you know, he loves doing that. And Tommy Hendrickson, yeah, who's now the guitar player in Alice Cooper. Yeah. I just met him a while ago. So so it was great to reconnect with all these great guys. And, you know, one time Frank uh, Ferrer, the drummer of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, he was with you. In 95, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Johnny, he was like, you know, he got married and he couldn't do the tour. So Frank was filling in and he was such a great drummer too. So so it's great to reconnect with all these great musicians. I I love it. And, and yeah. I think and I, uh, I think Frank at the time was like the drummer for the Psychedelic Furs. So you know, all of a sudden you had like the Psychedelic Fur drummer with you. But a lot of great guys, a lot of great memories. The package, yeah. the package is just terrific. I mean, it, it's an absolute great package. It, it it does come out mid November. If you haven't had a chance yeah. to to hear it, do go get it. Yeah. And, uh, and and there's some special editions. Uh, one is the vinyl box, so there are two double vinyl. And the rare treasure is, is like a little CD. And yeah, and then there's a special box. It has perfume. So if you guys like perfume, there's one for male, one for female, and it's called True at Heart. That's the limited edition. And it's some, you know, some some special stuff for, for people who want to have special box sets and stuff. And it smells heavenly. So so if you're into it, but if not, you can always put the little bottle, you know, in, in your collection. It looks it looks really, looks really sweet. Listen, I love those kind of box sets. And that's what I, I think that's what you need to do. You need to have that packaging. The uh, Speaking of the Scorpions, they just did a box set for Wind of Change. 
and it comes with a piece of the Berlin Wall in it. And I, I mean, I don't need a, you know, you think about it. I don't need a piece of concrete in my house, but I bought it because it's, 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 it's just different. It's kind of yeah, cool. I just got, it is, it is cool. And I just got the Ace of Space, uh, Ace of Spades box set and man, I love it. It's so cool. It's so very well done. So I'm a big collector of yeah, box sets, vinyl. Yeah. And then I always want to put some box sets, you know, yeah, of course. Like our records always will have box sets or vinyl editions. So that's uh, yeah, that yeah, goes yeah. without saying. I'll, I'll I'll end on this, but they always say, well, you know, people are streaming; they're not buying. And well, yeah, but one of the reasons is that, especially in the early two thousands, buying became so uninteresting. You went from eight page booklets to like a, a, a one page insert, and and it just became yeah. cheap and cheesy. But if you yeah. give them magic diamonds, if you give them ace of spades, if you give and and you don't, you know, you don't charge eight hundred dollars like Guns N' Roses. Do you charge, you know, um, uh, what you call UFOs doing Strangers in the Night, eight CDs. It's forty nine bucks. Wow. I'm in. I'm in. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so, you know, you have wow. to do that. You have to give them a little. So you get the you get the yes. perfume with you. You get the. Yes, that, I'll, I'll buy that because it's fun. Otherwise, yeah, you, you know, you get you get a poster and a scarf and everything. Uh, everything comes with it. I just just wanted to mention the perfume, but yeah, there's definitely some special stuff. And yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it too. You got to give people yeah. stuff, and you got to give it to them at a fair price. Fair for you and fair for the yes. for the you yes. know for fair for both people. And yes, uh, you know, I I always do everything for the fans. I, I never, agree. I never I agree. took anything for myself. It all has always I agree. You're, you're, yourself, UFO, a lot of very, very, very fan friendly. Very fan friendly. Yes, always yes. have. That. I love the fans, Mitch. That's that, that's the only only real reason why I'm still alive, why I could survive, and it's my main motivation, inspiration, my true love. It, it really is. <laughs> uh, there we go. And uh, as always, uh, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Always, always a pleasure. Merci let's, let's do this anytime. And, uh, <laughs> thank you so you know, much, Mitch. Continued success. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. And I want to say hi to all the great fans, and, you know, I hope to see them very soon on tour or on festivals and I wish everybody the best stay healthy stay metal and I love you, you yes know, and uh, folks go world. out support Doro buy Magic Diamond's Best of Rock Ballads and Rare Treasures yes we all appreciate the streaming but there is something about owning something that you can look at you can stare you can touch you can feel you yes, can even wear yes. and, and in this case with the perfume you can even wear it so, <laughs> yes. so go buy it. And uh, there we go. Merci. Merci, merci. Merci. Thank you so much. Dankeschön, Mitch. Always great to talk to you. And yeah, all the best to you and to all the people Cheers. out there. And yeah, talk bye. very soon. Yes, bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye -bye. Merci. Bye-bye. Thank you. Merci. Ciao.